Welcome to episode number 131, Feeling Love and Loving Others. I am your host, Damon Soka. Do you struggle to feel love? I am not talking about that romantic type of chemistry. I mean pure love and concern from friends and family and even for yourself. Feeling loved by someone else is really an interesting emotion. We cannot transfer our feeling of love to another person, and we can't feel what someone else is feeling. So when I ask if you feel loved, it is not knowing exactly what the other person truly feels about you, because we simply don't have that ability as human beings. Feeling loved is an emotion that we create internally, based on external stimuli, and that includes even heavenly stimuli. We watch the subtle influences, the mannerisms, and the vocal expressions of others to determine if they love us. We then interpret those external influences and things that we perceive to create an internal feeling of being loved. What we are not told and often don't realize is that to feel loved by someone, you have to be able to feel the emotion of love. Meaning, if our mental illness causes serious issues with what we are feeling, then even when others love us deeply, we may not be able to feel that love. Because our illness causes serious issues with how we feel love. It is not unusual for individuals with mental illness to feel as though they, no one loves them, or that the love that existed is gone. The truth is that nothing has likely changed with the persons that surround you and their love for you. But what has changed is your personal ability to create the inner feeling of love. When you cannot feel love due to the workings of mental illness, it can change your perspective and your reality about the relationships you have with others. Love, concern, and trust all exist as internal emotional states within our bodies. For the most part, these are very positive, feel-good emotional states. Our inner emotions are a response to external stimuli and our interpretation of those actions. When our emotions become altered, it can and does alter our perception of personal connections and relationships. Without any change from our family, friends, acquaintances, feelings, or actions, we can feel as though our relationship has changed significantly. The same is true when we talk about deity and our relationship to our Savior. Much of that relationship depends upon our feelings and experiences. So when our illness alters our feelings and emotions, the feeling of total abandonment by our Father and even those around us can be very real we can feel in a very real sense that God does not care for us or love us. We can feel that he is indifferent to our needs, or even worse, feel as though we are being punished or ostracized because of previous sins or lack of effort. When we feel depressed and anxious, we project those feelings into our relationship with the Savior. Most certainly, he has not left us, punished us, or stopped loving us. But because we cannot feel the emotions of love and concern, and because our emotions are our reality, it can feel as though we are not, that we are truly being rejected by our Father and Savior. 
Those emotions can even make us feel as though God may not exist. It is often easier, in the mental illness state, to accept the idea that there is no God rather than feel rejected by Him. Non-existence certainly feels better than outright rejection. But there is a difference between the love of mortal beings and the love of a Father in Heaven and Savior. While we cannot transfer emotion from one mortal to another, our Father in Heaven can interject into our souls emotions and feelings. He is not limited by mortal bodies. What is also true, which most people do not think about, is that Lucifer also appears to have some ability to do this, although in limited ways. Anyone who has been immortal for any length of time realizes that we as human beings possess a deep and pointed desire for the feelings of love. Love is one of the most profound, positive, affirming, and rewarding feelings that can come into our minds and souls. It is, for us, one of the most sought-after forms of acceptance. We have such a deep desire to be loved that many of us will go to extremes to obtain it. We will suffer through traumatic and serious abuse. We will accept alternate forms of love, such as physical, intimate relationships, gangs, extramarital affairs, drugs, and a host of dysfunctional relationships to obtain even a small part of that feeling of love. We are truly driven to find love. Now, science will say that... <clears throat> now, science will say that our almost de desperate search for affirmation and love has deep roots to repopulating the earth. But they ignore the spiritual life, a life that has far outlived any mortal experience. Love is not some physical need so that human life can continue. Love is what we can call a celestial emotion. Now, charity, as it is called in religious circles, is the highest form of celestial expression, and so necessary to celestial life that we cannot obtain ex exaltation without it coursing through our spiritual veins. We have experienced this celestial love all of our pre-mortal lives, and to levels we probably cannot comprehend upon this earth. But because we have experienced it for so long before this earth, and it has become so ingrained in our spiritual experience and lives, we desperately search this mortal world for any resemblance of its existence, and then we are drawn to it. This is one of the main reasons we accept alternate forms of love. We need it to survive and to thrive in mortality. Outside of spiritual means and methods, and outside of our Father who is willing and able to give us charity as the gift of the Spirit, the only way we feel love is to interpret the actions and influences of others, and then create that emotion within our own bodies. When mental illness hijacks this emotional processes and the processing, feeling love can be almost impossible. This is incredibly important to understand for those of us who suffer. Two things are actually very important to understand about this idea. The first of these ideas is that what has already been discussed. If we cannot feel love, then it will be impossible to feel not just love for others, but for ourselves. Now, this is something we discussed in our last podcast. It can truly feel as though the world has stopped caring about you. Even what we once interpreted as a loving response can feel empty and cold when we are deep into our episodes. What we don't often think about is a second critical idea. When we don't feel love, 
we don't exhibit external characteristics or influences of love. This, in turn, can be viewed from another person's perspective as though your love for them has changed or no longer exists. Not only can we not feel love, but showing that love to others also tends to be non-existent, even though we don't often recognize it. Because we subconsciously exhibit our emotions through our actions, facial expressions, vocal expressions, and literally almost everything we do, others can begin to feel that our love has changed or that we no longer desire their companionship. One thing very important to understand about relationships is that the other person in the relationship tends to mirror back to us what we are exhibiting to them. If I'm in the middle of a depression or an anxiety attack, others will tend to mirror my emotions back to me, meaning where I am desperately looking for a loving and kind response, because my feelings are depressed or non-existent, and I am exhibiting those feelings through my subtle nonverbal and verbal cues, those around me will mirror back what I am showing them. Now, this creates a self-reflective type of spiraling emotions. Because I feel depressed or anxious or in pain or any number of difficult emotions, I exhibit those to my fellow mortals walking the earth with me, and they reflect them back to me, which in turn allows me to believe that what I am feeling is my reality. I feel depressed. Then others treat me as depressed, or at least differently. And that is, instead of seeing my illness as an illness, I see it as my reality. This cycle of emotional mirroring is one of the most detrimental parts of mental illness. But you just can't tell your friends, family, spouse, and children to stop mirroring your emotional state. The saying, if mama ain't happy, then no one is, has far more truth to it than one might realize. Funny as it may be or sounds, it is a statement about who we are as mortal beings and just how much influence our emotions have upon others because of this mirroring effect. Now, we see this all the time, but we don't often recognize it. When we become more friendly around, we actually become more friendly around friendly people. We become angry around angry people. We become whatever the emotion is surrounding us, and then we each mirror what others are telling us through their emotional cues. Without considering what our Father in Heaven and Savior can provide, we mortals wander through this existence being mirrored and mirroring what we see. However, there is something that we don't often understand about this mirroring and love. When we are full of love and possess this gift of charity, our mirroring other individuals actually diminishes. We give love without concern for that love in return. Okay, probably not as much concern. Charity is that spiritual gift from our Father who is able to change our hearts and minds and provide for us to feel loved and love others without being concerned for whether they love us or not. When my illness has been active, I have struggled immensely to feel loved and to mirror love. Even when someone has exhibited unconditional love for me, I still struggle to feel any part of it. Although my mind and my body still recognize the subtle signs of that love, even when I cannot feel it, I believe that this is the reason when we are encompassed about by the darkness and the emotional hell we experience, we become emotionally drawn apart. 
We are drawn to those who exhibit love for us. But at the same time, because we cannot feel love internally, we also try to keep our distance. They remind us that we cannot feel that love. And so we desire to both be near them and to keep them at a sufficient distance. When we are around people who we know love us, and yet we cannot feel that love, our brains, hearts, and minds, for the lack of better wording, go crazy. Even without much explanation, it is fairly easy to understand how mental illness changes relationships. It is very difficult to demonstrate love to a person who is not mirroring that love. That is our nature as human beings. So yes, mental illness causes serious rifts in our personal relationships. Not only does it create these rifts and wounds, but it accentuates them to the point that individuals with mental illness tend to have few friends and often bounce from one relationship to another. We struggle to create deep relationships and to maintain those relationships that we build. I have struggled developing relationships all my life, and I realized probably not too long ago just how impactful my early struggles with bipolar have been in my life of relationships. I personally have few friends, and I even tend to push members of my family away at times. Even understanding my issues, I still struggle to develop meaningful relationships with those around me and those whom I love the most. Mental illness can be and is a lonely illness in that it creates isolation and loneliness because we cannot mirror the love others are showing to us and they subconsciously view this as a lack of love or concern for them. Which certainly is not true. But because this whole emotional mirroring process is real and a part of everyone's mortal existence, that is what they feel. Interestingly enough, masking our emotions really only goes so far with those who know us because we mortals are very good at subtle cues. Even when we are good at mask mirroring, those who know us can still see our suffering under the fake laughter and smiles. In the end, understanding our problem and this problem of love and not being able to feel love is helpful, but just understanding it really doesn't fix it. Because we exhibit what we feel and we mirror others as part of our mortal existence, and because we do it subconsciously, we are going to struggle to build deep, loving relationships. And this is true with those humans who love us, as well as our Father in Heaven and Savior. We will find it difficult at times to believe in a loving, merciful God when we are in the midst of emotional darkness. I have said this again and again. Our emotions are our reality. Now, I've personally passed through hundreds of moments where I have questioned the existence of God and His Savior. And yes, I have felt those isolating feelings in darkness where I could feel no love. I don't believe that there is a more distressing or painful feeling than that to be than to be able to unable to feel love. The deeper that darkness, the deeper the pain and distress. To be around those who you know love and care for you, but to be unable to feel that love is a dark hole I would not wish upon any person, no matter what they have done in this life. Now, the question is really not the problem, because we understand the problem. The truth is, is what 
is the solution? How do I get beyond it? How do I feel love again? I really can't say I have all the answers, because if I did, everyone would love me, and I would have many wonderful friends. And at times, because of physical pain, I still struggle to feel love and to demonstrate it. But there are some things that can be done. First, and this is the most obvious, we need to do what we can to manage the illness. I've talked about diet, medications, exercise, meditation, prayer, and music. These are just a few of the many things we must purposely manage to help our emotional state. They will not remove all the concerns and issues, and certainly management means that the illness remains. Otherwise, I would be talking about healing. But you will feel more love and be better able to give love if you manage your illness to the best of your ability. All of these management techniques, and out of all of these management techniques, medications are certainly the most controversial for most people. One, because they mute your emotional response and feelings. And medications cannot distinguish between emotions. That means all your emotions tend to be muted. This is one of the many things I actually hear from individuals who don't want to take the medications. They make me feel blah. But I will tell you that medication can actually play a very important role in your life, in your feelings of love and happiness. Many individuals with moderate to severe mental illness need medications to keep the emotional processes from running astray. Many times we, and often, we don't recognize just how long we stay within the emotional darkness. We can almost become accustomed to it in our lives. We don't feel happiness and love very often. Medication can provide for us to feel joy and love more regularly, even if it is a little muted. Wouldn't you take the feeling of love and joy more often? And for many, more, and for many, more often means significantly more often, even if it were a little muted. Wouldn't you rather have a good relationship with your spouse and friends because even your muted happy self exhibits far more happiness, joy, and love for others. I'm going to leave the medication and therapy to you, but I recommend it. The second thing we need to do is to understand and to accept that God exists, even when we don't feel Him or feel anything. And yes, I fully understand how hard that is. Believe me, I truly understand. Our Father in Heaven does not punish us because we have an illness. And he can penetrate even the darkest places of our illness. We can feel love even when our bodies may not allow for it. Our Father and Savior have that ability. We need to ask to be feel loved by him. Even when nothing changes in our feelings, minds or hearts, or belief that he exists. Because of our illness, our feeling love for him is not a requirement or even belief for that matter. I have found that if I continue to pray and communicate with my Father in Heaven, even when that communication might be small or without much faith, He responds. And He will not respond in just one way, but often He will send help from many sources. True, it is going to be difficult for us to see everything He does in our dark struggles, but that does not diminish Him from doing it. If we want to feel love, then we need to address the sources of that love regularly, even when we have no feeling or desire to do so.
Charity, true love, is a gift given to those who ask. Moroni 7 in the Book of Mormon is very clear about this gift and its ability to be given to those who seek it. One of the most powerful things we can do to address our mental illness is to pray to feel this love and to do that regularly. This also includes asking for priesthood blessings, which is one form of asking to feel that love. Now, is prayer, meditation, exercise, medications going to make us whole and as if our illness never existed? Perhaps for some few individuals. The Lord rarely, though, removes our weaknesses. Rather, he works through it and strengthens us so that we can withstand the weight and difficulties and so that we can learn. Often we struggle to learn without weakness, and that is why they are so prevalent in our lives. They are powerful tools in the Lord's hands to allow us to learn remarkable truths about ourselves, about those around us, and the gospel that we could obtain in no other way. But we will feel love, joy, and happiness far more often if we are willing to do our part to manage our illness, to pray for charity. So, as always, do your part so that the Lord can do His. Until next week.